Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, but most importantly, bought and paid for, bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same thing Jesus did. I am so thrilled to have one of the plenary speakers at this year's Student Connection Conference in Portland with me today, Daryl Smith. Daryl Lamar Smith was born and raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He graduated from Kirkman High School and served in the U.S. Army for three years. God saved him in 1991. He was licensed to preach in 1992 and ordained in 1994. Daryl started with Crew, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ, in 1996, working with high school students at Chattanooga. In 2006, Crew chose Daryl to be the executive director for the high school ministry, and in 2017, he was chosen as the director of oneness and diversity. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roy. It's good to be here. Um, I got the privilege and the honor of hearing you speak last night, and what a privilege and a joy. It's interesting, Daryl, when I see somebody who loves as much as you love, you can just see it all over you. Not always, but a lot of times it, it reminds me of the verse, whoever has been forgiven much loveth much. And I thought, you know what, I'll bet you somewhere in there, Daryl has been forgiven of a lot to love that much. So, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So share a little bit with our audience today about the, the testimony that you have and what you've been forgiven of and why you love so much. Well, Roy, I love the passage you use because it's one of my life passages. Mm, he who has been forgiven much, love much. Amen. Uh, Roy, I grew up in Chattanooga. I grew up in the inner city, single parent home, mm. not a lot of direction. Grew up in church, Roy, which is mm. interesting. Played Joseph in the Christmas play and <laughs> learned my Easter speeches. Yeah. But I didn't know Jesus. I would have said grew up in culture Christianity. Mm. And that culture Christianity was based on behavior, not a relationship with a savior. Mm. Well, if that's your foundation, it's not sustainable. Amen. That foundation Amen. will crumble. And my foundation crumbled when I became a teenager. Mm. I got in a lot of involved in a lot of things that I shouldn't have got involved with. I had a child when I was a teenager mm. in high school. Mm. Then I joined the military, met a young lady named Gwen. She was saving herself for marriage. I thought that was the dumbest thing I oh, wow. ever heard. But I was attractive to that. Yeah. And so Gwen and I, we married. I had never seen a man love my mother, uh, so mm. I didn't know how to love her. Then we had a child. I didn't know how to be a father. Roy, those mm. are not excuses. Those was my reality. Mm. And in that, my life, marriage, and everything started falling apart. Mm. And get out the military, move back to Chattanooga. My mom is still living in government houses. And I go visit her from time to time. And guys I grew up with had chosen a lifestyle of drug dealers. Mm. And I wanted the American dream, Roy. You know, the American dream is nice cars, nice houses, nice clothes. Mm. 
But I wanted to dream it on Monday and wanted to be a reality on Tuesday. Mm. So I started dipping and dabbing in that lifestyle. And Satan rewarded me with killing, stealing, and destroying people's dreams, their goals, their desires mm. by selling people I grew up with crack cocaine. Huh. And I destroyed my marriage. Gwen and I legally divorced. I walked out on Gwen. We had a three-year-old daughter and we had a two-week-old wow. son. Wow. And... On my way back from Atlanta to Chattanooga, Roy, I'm stopped on the interstate with over $20,000 for cocaine, 4000 in cash, and two automatic weapons. I'm facing 30 years in the Georgia State Prison. Wow. I'm sentenced to 10 years to serve four. And I would go to chapel wow. service, Roy, with the wrong motives. My motives was for the warden and God to see me being a good inmate so I can get out and live my life. But God's motives was that he loved me. Amen. And he was wow. drawing me unto himself. And God began to say, Darrell, you are a sinner. Not because you grew up in the housing projects. Not because you had a child. Not because you walked out on your family. You are a sinner because it's your very nature. And if mm -hmm. you grew up in the suburbs and would have had both of your parents and kept yourself pure, mm -hmm. you still needed my grace. And, Roy, wow. I fell on my knees before a holy God in my prison cell. And an old hymn that young people won't know, but seasoned people <laughs> would know. Oh, what a wonderful day when glory came down and heaven filled my soul. God Amen. redeemed me, rescued me, brought me out of prison, restored my marriage. Gwen and I kept the same marriage date. We had married August the 28th of 84. We remarried August the 28th of 92. Wow. And life was going okay, and God interrupted our life and told us about a ministry that we never heard of called Campus Crusade for Christ. And we became missionaries, wow. taking the person of Jesus Christ around the world. Wow. So I don't preach Jesus because seminary taught me a, a seminar. I preach Jesus because he made a difference in my life, Roy. Wow. Amen. What a testimony, Daryl, of God's goodness. Hearing testimonies like that, of like yours and other people's, it reminds me that we serve a big God. You know, bigger than just me, bigger than just you. One of the questions I had for you was, what gave you that love and that hunger for the Word of God that made you want to learn it and hide it in your heart like that? Well, Roy, when I became a believer... I was in a prison cell, a physical prison. <laughs> so there was no opportunity to go to seminary or, or go to school. And so I would get in a corner and I would read the word. I didn't know any homiletics. I didn't know dispensation or predestination. <laughs> I didn't know pre-trip or post-trip. Yeah. I didn't know a Greek word. But raw what I knew, what the word was teaching me, that yes, Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible tell me so. <laughs> and I fell in love with his word and I began to hide it in my heart. The psalmist says, that word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against That's thee. Right. How should a young man cleanse his ways by taking mm. heed to the word of the God? Amen. But this is the passage that really stuck with me in Psalms 19. Mm. That the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is pure, mm. enlightening the eyes. Mm. God told me in that prison cell, girl, if you're going to ever know me, you have to know me through the scripture. Mm. In time past, God spoke to us through the fathers, the prophets and the forefathers. But in these last days, he's speaking us through his son. Amen. Well, how do we speak to us as his son? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Amen. The word is superior and supreme over everything. And Amen. everything we listen to, everything we read, we run it through the filter of God's word. And if Amen. it don't line up with it, we don't have to hold on to it. Mm. And I think that's one of the challenges we, we have. There's a lot of voices speaking, and those voices are speaking to the believers louder mm. than God's word. Mm. One of the other things, kind of from an apologetics perspective, in Revelations chapter 3, 
uh, verse 20, Jesus is speaking to a church and he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I loved how you said, hey, let me just give you a little bit of teaching, a little bit of education. The context of that verse is Jesus speaking to a church. It's not necessarily individuals. But then you said, but it's also a reality that Jesus is here and he wants to have a relationship with you tonight. And so I loved how you brought the balance of teaching and context of the Word of God, but also with the reality of the movement of God at that moment. And so I didn't know if that was something that kind of you normally do or came to you in the moment, but I just thought that was beautiful. Last yeah, night. I want to be true to the text, and I'm not the yeah. full person in the Trinity, <laughs> so I don't always be true to the text. But when I understand a text, I don't want to take away from the truth Amen. by driving home a nugget or a yeah. principle. Yeah. And so Amen. I always want to give the backdrop of what the text is really yeah. saying. Amen. Because when you think about that, if we make it just about for lost people and don't see it as the church, we miss it. Amen. Because here's Jesus. Yeah. We're worshiping on Sunday. Yeah. And Jesus is outside the church. Yeah. And he said, let me in. <laughs> and what yeah, exactly. a sad commentary yeah. if even in North America, is it possible that you and I and the body of believers could be worshiping God without God? Mm, mm, that's good. Praise God. Well, your title at Crew today is the Director of Oneness and Diversity. <laughs> yes. And it made me think of Ephesians chapter 4 that says... We are urged to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I thought, boy, I think that's where you got your title. <laughs> yeah. There's something about one in that verse and what we're called and urged to be as the church and the body of Christ. I thought that was beautiful. So tell us, you know, what do you do on a regular basis in your job? How do you call the church to this oneness yes. that the Bible urges us to maintain? We'll come back to Ephesians, but let's start in John 17. Mm. Jesus is getting ready to leave the world. That's, he knows there's two things that waiting around the corner for him. That's going to be a betrayal and that, that's going to be a crucifixion. Yeah. He knows that he's going to die. Yeah. If you and I know that we're going to leave this world, we're going to be praying not mm, for amen. material stuff. We're going to pray for what's dear to our heart, probably our family, our kids. Yeah. What was dear to his heart was the church. Mm. And he prayed for two things amen. for the church. He prayed for the purity of the church. Mm. He said, Father, sanctify them by that word. That word is true. Mm. What he's praying is set the church apart from the world. And I'm going to put it in America context. We know he's a global guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, what he's praying in our context is don't allow the political parties to stain the church. Mm. Mm. And then he prayed for the unity of the church. Mm. Father, I pray as we are one that they will be one. Then missions happen. So mm. that the world would know that the Father sent the Son. Amen. Biblical oneness shows the world that Jesus Christ is unique, is the Savior of the world. Mm. And what it, Satan worked overtime, or even in the church, is to keep us from living out oneness so Amen. that the world would know that Amen. the Father sent his Son. Amen. So in Ephesians, you went to four, but really Paul is referencing back to two. Mm. 
in one, he said, Jesus' death on the cross gives us new life. Mm -hmm. That we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, promised to the day, the Holy Spirit promised to the day of redemption. In chapter two, he shifts and say, not only do Jesus' death on the cross give us new life, but it put us in a new community. Mm -hmm. And the community Mm -hmm. is a diverse community made up of Jews and Gentiles. Now, Roy, don't miss this. This is the key. (laughs) They had deep-rooted hatred. The mm-hmm. Bible used the word they had enmity against each other. Yeah. And the gospel message was going to reconcile them to God, mm-hmm. but reconcile them to people who they had no cultural mm-hmm. realities or uh, had mm-hmm. been taught biases against. He said, listen, you're going to be in a new community. It's going to be diverse. And then he tell them in chapter 3, now you have a new purpose mm-hmm. to share with the world the unsearchable Amen. riches of Jesus Christ. Then when we get to 4, what you quoted is a new standard. Here's the yeah. standard. Walking, Daryl and Roy, I know, Daryl, you are African-American. Roy, I know that you're white. I know what the culture in America has said, that whites and blacks shouldn't associate. Mm. Remember Peter told him what yeah. the culture said in Acts 10, yeah. that Jews and Gentiles has right. no, the law, it said it's unlawful yeah. for Jews and Gentiles. So he's saying, Roy, Daryl, I know what it says, mm. but now because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling mm. in all humility, and patience and meekness and forbearing one another and being diligent to preserve what you got in chapter two, Mm. the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I'm not asking Mm. you to work for it. I'm not asking you to come up with it. I'm asking you to preserve it because I gave it to you Mm. in chapter two. So what we try to do in crew, Gwen and I, on Brian, is help crew understand that there's a culture coming in us telling us that we shouldn't be one, mm. and that culture is keeping us from living out the mission. Wow. There will be every tongue, tribe around the throne. Mm. And you don't have to give up who God created you in the Margot day to be a follower of Jesus. You don't give it up and become part of a majority culture. You bring everything that God has given you and your culture to the kingdom for mm. his glory, and we see it all play out in Revelations. Amen. What started in Genesis plays out in Revelation. Amen. It's God's mystery that was hidden in his heart in the Old Testament, when the mystery of God, that he revealed in the New Testament that the church of Jesus Christ would be made up of Jews and Gentiles, people who had deep-rooted hatred, the mm. culture told them they shouldn't have no dealings, and that that was show the power of the gospel. Roy, mm. one of the greatest testimonies Amen. is when you and I can love each other and the world is telling us we shouldn't love each other. Amen. Amen. And what a testimony. You don't have to look very far to just see all these groups divided and broken into segments that all are just hating each other yes. and trying to dominate each other and trying to do all these things except for the church. Hopefully the church stands out and people look at that and say, now, wait a minute. What's going on there? Something that I don't understand, something that I can't explain. Why do those people love each other so much? Why are they so sacrificial to each other? Why are they submitting to one another? Yeah, amen. That's yeah. Uh, awesome. Paul write to the church of Colossae. He said, you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness amen. to the kingdom of God's son. What amen. you just talked about, we are part of a new kingdom. Amen. See, believers are not amen. trying to dismantle America sure. because it was bad. Right, right. And we're not trying to preserve it because it's good. We are establishing a new kingdom where Jesus Amen. is king. <laughs> and that kingdom Amen. is the kingdom of light that shine in darkness. Mm. What Jesus prayed for, we get stained and polluted by the world mm. and it keep the church from being one. 
Mm. See, the purity of the church is what allow us to be one. If I don't allow the God's word to saturate me, to sanctify me, to set me apart, then I'm going to think like the world mm. and the way the world think. And I'm going to mm. look at social media feeds, liberal or conservatives, yeah. Yeah. and they're going to begin to disciple me how I should live uh. as a kingdom person and not the historical Jesus uh. of the scripture. Uh, amen. I think that's such a wonderful perspective to say it's our minds that need to be renewed and yes. we need to be taught the truth which is you know this isn't good and this isn't good the best is in jesus That's i love right. that what a wonderful perspective to have our minds renewed well as we were talking before the show you've been with crew a long time in the mid 90s i was in crew in boston when mark and christy were running the first metro ministry all of boston harvard and mit and boston university and everybody we met at harvard that was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> how have you seen crew and the mission change from a time before there was really the internet and cell phones and all that kind of stuff and just everything that is today. How have you seen crew change? How have you seen the mission of that organization change? How have you seen the challenges and what young people need today? Yeah, I think I would say the foundations haven't changed. Mm. The foundation of the organization, the Great Commission, the mission to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ haven't changed. But obviously we're in an ever-changing world. How do we change what's the changes in the culture without compromising God's word? Mm. And I think crew has had to live with that tension in a good way. Mm. We stay to, true to the word, but we also understand that if a house was built in 1968, you're not <laughs> knocking the foundation down, but now you got double-pane windows. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got yeah. central and heat. I can, from my phone, I can cut my air on when I get off the plane. <laughs> and so crew had to adjust mm. to the digital world, Amen. the digital space. We have everystudent.com. We can share the gospel all over mm. the world from an internet, mm. you know. And so we still believe in personal proclamation mm. and all of that. And so I think one of the challenges, there's a generation who's struggling with just the proclamation of God's love and not the demonstration of God's love. Yeah. Well, theology and ethics must go mm, together. Mm. Theology is who God is, but yeah. because of who he is, now this is how I behave. Mm. And so they want us to live out what Paul did with Peter when he withstood him to his face because he was not being true to the gospel. That's right. That was the That's demonstration right. of the That's gospel. Right. So we having to wrestle with do we just tell people God love you and offer you a wonderful plan, which is true. Yeah. But also, how do we manifest or demonstrate that love with mm. people without compromising the world? Mm. We're not talking about a social gospel. We talk about a biblical gospel mm. that proclaims the love of God and demonstrates the love of God. Mm. And that's what Ephesians is about. When you get mm. to chapter four, it's the demonstration. Chapter that's three right. is the proclamation. That's right. And so they both is in part of what God has called the body of Christ, what we would call the church of Jesus Christ, to be a part of. And so mm. I think the mission is still solid. 
I think, you know, we're probably not doing a lot of door-to-door evangelism. (laughs) You know, people are not opening their doors anymore and trust people. So how do we get creative? How how do we come up with new strategies? What I'll say is solid. We still have to depend on the Spirit of God Mm. because one plant, another water, but God give the increase. Mm. So we still have to leave the results to God. To be honest, Roy, everybody don't agree with that. Mm. You know, the tension that, and I don't call it a balance, I call it a tension. Mm. We just live in that tension all the time. Mm. But that tension keeps us dependent on God. Mm. And in America, we are comfortable Christians. We believe that <laughs> Jesus died, buried, rose again on the third day to make me comfortable. And anything to make me uncomfortable, God must not be in it. That tension, Roy, calls mm. you and I to grow. It calls us to depend on him. Mm. It calls us to keep surrendering. So mm. that's a good place to be. But it's a very uncomfortable place to be as believers. Mm-hmm. I remember in my campus at MIT in the mid-90s, there was people that had a hostility towards God, but it usually wasn't very well defended with a lot of information. It mm-hmm. was just more of a personal experience. But now in the day and age of the Internet, where anybody can just look up, you know, top 10 reasons that God doesn't exist, or they have all this information all over the place, do you think that crew has had to take a stronger position in helping students be equipped in defending their faith? Because now that anybody can just do a search and have all this information, is there an apologetics kind of aspect to crew that's had to develop Yeah, we have staff who God has raised up that understand apologetics. They teach it. One well-known staff that a lot of people know is Josh McDowell. He has developed and discipled some other young men and and women. And so in the campus ministry where Mm. there's people who are teaching or discipling Christians Mm. how to defend the faith, especially in the academic world, Mm. I would say I'm more of a preacher, (laughs) love to preach. I need men and women around me Mm. who understand apologetics, who Mm. can defend, who can help me, who can say, Dara, look, when you say this, this is what you're going to hear. And this is how you defend the faith Mm. from that. I think crew is like any other body of believers. Mm. No one person have everything or all the gifts. Mm. And so we need each other. We need each other. And I love my brothers and sisters. And so I think crew is committed to defending God's word. But we need each other to help each other. I think the key is Mm. we need to be biblically sound in God's word. We shouldn't be sharing our opinion. We ought to be sharing the truth of God's word. Amen. I appreciate how you shared that, Daryl. I think the common denominator of every ministry is the Word of God. You know, whether they're reaching out to people in neighborhoods or in communities or across the world, there's a bunch of diversity how we do this, but the Word of God is our solid foundation. Um, As we wrap this up, what would be the one thing that you would encourage other people they've had their encounter with God and you know they're saved and they're on fire they're passionate to live out this faith what would you encourage them to do to be grounded in the word of God so that like you every time they speak whether it's an actual bible verse quotation all of their perspectives all of their logic is a biblical logic what would you encourage them to do I would encourage people Roy to become men and women of the word mm. 
The word is important. Read books, use commentaries, listen to Christian radio, but there's no shortcuts. Mm. You can't become a drive-by Christian Mm. and just run through the drive-through, grab something, and go. Mm. We need to meditate on this word day and night, Mm. fall in love with it, hide it in our heart. And Rod, that's why I'm glad you're asking me the right questions. Mm-hmm. You are talking about the word, so I know you're a man of the word. <laughs> and we will be shaken as believers. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's going to come a day in North America. We're going to understand what it means to be part of the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. If we don't have the word as our foundation, mm-hmm. we will compromise and give in. Mm-hmm. And so I would say make the word a priority. Mm. Satan Amen. do not tremble at our strategies. Mm. He tremble at God's word Amen. and when believers are on their knees praying. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Daryl. I'm sure you'll be a blessing to everyone who hears this. And thank you for blessing all the kids here at Student Connection. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Now, how about you? What is the testimony of God that is at work in your life that is drawing you to himself? Do you even fully understand all the things that God has done for you? Are you sharing that with others? Well, the Ambassadors Forum is here to help. Please visit us on our website at theambassadorsforum.com to check out some of our helpful resources. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.